Welcome, folks. Before we get things started, if you have an intention that you would like to meditate on, please feel free to put it in the comments. And it's always fun to help the people who meditate collectively to envision, cultivate, manifest their intentions. So if you have one, feel free to put it in. Now envision yourself sitting there with this color. Mine is green, so I see green all around me, sitting about eight inches all around my body, and it's bright. And free my aura is like a warm blanket on a cold night, or it's like when you can lock yourself away in your room. I have great trust in my aura because I cultivate it every time I meditate. And now let's move into our second level of meditation. We're going to ground ourselves. You often hear that. They're a well-grounded person. Oh, they're so grounded. And we can be the same. So sit up very tall, elongate the spine. Now imagine from your tailbone, the roots of a tree going deep into the earth. It can spread out. It can go down and wrap around the core. The goal is to ground ourselves to the earth. The earth is very wise. The earth is full of wisdom. Mother Earth, as she's often referred to. The earth is powerful. We're just visitors here. And we're very blessed to be able to live on this earth.
feel your spine elongated. Feel anchored like a small boat in a storm whose anchor sits below the surface, just holding that ship in place. Same thing here. The roots that go into the earth allow us to be one with the earth. out of the top of your head. Visualize the branches of that tree going up, up, up into the sky, kind of like Jack and the Beanstalk, right? Past the clouds, past the stars, past space, to that place often referred to as nirvana or bliss. Or as the hopefuls like to say, we can have heaven on earth. And so, but up in that space, are your thoughts, your ideas, your intentions. So if your intention is to learn to accept the health challenges of my family, then bring acceptance down, bring it down, right? Because right now it's just an idea, it's a thought, it's a dream, it's not real yet. And the first stop is your third eye, your intuition. And your intuition knows what you need versus what you want. I may want a new car, but what I need is air to breathe. And in this case, I need to learn to accept the health challenges of my family with greater calm. That's a need. And if it passes that, then it sits in your heart. On oh, your heart is filled with love and passion and gratitude. And of course, out of our love from our family, we want to have greater calm and we can only do that by accepting their health challenges. And if it passes through our heart, then it sits in our chi, in the palms of our hand, oscillating, glowing, becoming more than an intention because it's only through you, your personal power that you're going to take action. And whatever that means, Maybe every day at 10 o'clock, you go for a walk. Maybe every day at three, you get down on your knees and you pray to your faith, whatever that might be. Please grant me the acceptance I need to stay calm so I can support my family. And that's how I run everything. It's my intuition to my heart, to my chi. Visualize yourself sitting there with this beautiful aura all around you, protecting you, but letting in good things like love and healthy people, acceptance, 
being present. And then see the roots into the earth, the branches into the sky, kind of like the yoga tree, if you get a chance to. Google an image of that, a yoga tree. It's a very standard philosophy in the Eastern practices. And now that we're grounded, let's move into the third level. One of my favorites, gratitude. But real gratitude, which is a form of love, we need to be grateful for everything in our lives. Good, bad, challenging, just like love. Real love's unconditional, right? We can't just love the good things. We love all of it. Same thing with gratitude. So as you breathe in, mindfully say to yourself, I'm breathing. And as you breathe out, mindfully say, I am grateful. Breathe in, I am breathing, breathe out, I am grateful. And after you do that, then as you breathe in and you breathe out, go through your gratitude list. And please, I encourage you to include everything. I'm grateful I have a bad knee because it reminds me I have a like. the third level, gratitude is so important for me to create calm and balance in my life. It's very easy to be a cynic. It's very easy to be negative, to point fingers. But to master gratitude not only serves us, but it serves the people we love and it serves everybody around us. So now see yourself sitting there in posture, sitting tall your aura radiating out into the world all over. It's so beautiful, it's bright. The color of your choice. See the roots of the tree into the earth, the branches up into the heavens, creating that grounding in both directions. Have your feet on the ground and have your heads in the clouds, right? That's the same thing, just said another way. 
I love to dream, I love to hope, I love to have faith. And then from your chest, that light of gratitude radiating out into the world. So grateful. I'm grateful for every single breath. I'm grateful for the challenges in my days. I'm grateful for the people that choose to come into my life. I'm grateful for the people that choose to go out of my life. Feel it, the calm, the center, the balance. Hmm. So let's focus on one of the intentions. Great mindfulness, techniques and practices. Again, I don't believe it's even a technique personally. I think it's more a path. It's an experience. And each time you meditate, you'll find a new technique, a new practice. But just be diligent, consistently practice meditation, and great mindfulness will be yours. Hmm. Be more present in my everyday activities. Maybe we should change that from every day to every breath. If that day was not 24 hours, if that day wasn't an hour, if it wasn't a minute, if it wasn't a second, and that day, all the activities in your day became one breath, what would that be like? The mindfulness you would experience when you eat a meal or when you're having a conversation or when you are lifting your face up to the sun. And so there's a new mindset for you. Everyday activities will become every breath activities. And there'll be a lot of mindfulness there. I'm confident with that. And the intention I've been focusing on more so in this meditation learning to accept the health challenges of my family with greater calm. I know for me, the hardest part of accepting the health challenges of other people is not only the helplessness that comes with it. And I had a brother that was a drug addict who OD'd at 26 and the helpless feeling of watching his health deteriorate with nothing I could do other than pray for him was very humbling. But now as I get older, as I witness more and more people die, it also brings up my own mortality. And as we recognize at 60, I have more years behind me than I do in front of me, potentially, every breath has so much meaning. The need to be calm, is so much more important than when I was 20. Mm. 
because I would hope as I get older and have my own personal health challenges that those around me who love me will learn to accept them. So I'm going to encourage empathy to truly understand what that must be like to have those health challenges, the discomfort, the fear. The inconvenience, doctor's offices, needles, medications. The yin and yang is, I believe I'm even more grateful for my personal health and for my own personal health and well-being. I have a deeper sense of empathy for anybody with a health challenge. And the greater calm is yours when we discover and find gratitude in our own personal health and our experiences. Breathe in the good air. And breathe out the bad. Feel free to share in the comments if you have any. And what comes to my mind is, you know, my mother was a smoker and I was always telling her, you need to stop smoking. It's not healthy for you. And she would tell me it's my life and I'm going to die anyway. So I'm going to live it doing what I want. And then when she finally had a stroke, I had mixed emotions because I was, you know, the direct person who makes all the decisions, the directive, whatever they call that. And I watched her suffer after her stroke for a number of years before she finally passed away. 
And I remember when I got the call, because she had gotten distance from us for a while, and we got the call, and I hopped on the plane and flew to Arizona. And um, I remember my mother looking at me and saying to me, I'm going to die, ain't I? And I looked at my mom and I said, yeah, you are. And she looked at me with such love in her eyes and she said, well, you know what to do. That's why I put you in charge. And that was a hard thing for me because to play God and decide how long somebody lives or dies is not a good place to be in, right? I mean, it's, it's not. But the pain and suffering my mom was in was tremendous. And to put her in a hospice and, you know, take her off machines and all that was, was a hard thing for me. But through all the different people, as I've shared, my mother's died. I've had a sister die. Two brothers die. My cousin, my best friend. I mean, my grandma, the list goes on and on now. I've really come to embrace death as part of life. And it's always ironic. You ever notice in every Disney film, somebody dies in the beginning, <laughs> every Disney film. And I wonder why Disney you know, has done that since the beginning of time almost, right? And I think Walt got it, that if we can embrace death as part of life, then maybe we won't squander life and waste it so much. You know, maybe we'll truly love and just do that because it's so much more meaningful. Because if we really think about it, we're only here for a second compared to how millions of years the earth has been here. We're only here for a moment and to squander that by being angry or being resentful or harboring. It just doesn't make sense. And I think Disney got that. Watch, and now, now you're gonna go back and look at every Disney movie. Oh, wow, the mom dies. Oh, wow, the dog dies. Oh, wow. I think a Lion King, right? The dad dies. Think of the Frozen one, the most recent one. What happens? The parents die, right? What happens in Ryan the Dragon, the newest one? The mom dies. I mean, there's always someone, I think Disney is trying to share that. That if, if we embrace that, even in a children's film, that the yin to the yang, right? Yin and yang, that we would look at life as such a precious, precious um, gift that we've all been given. So mind, oh, nobody put anything in the comments. Nothing in the comments. There you go. I really love all that you just said. What wonderful analogies. Yeah. And, you know, really, it's not everyday activities. It is every breath activities. And if you can do that, no matter what you're doing, right, remind myself of great mindfulness techniques and practices. It's no longer a technique or a practice. It simply is. It's part of your being. It's part of your existence. You can be mindful of your breath every second of every day. Because why? Your breath makes you present. And if you're fully present, all I have is this second with you. Oh, it's gone. Let's hold another one. Oh, another second gone. And that's life. But if I'm fully in this present, this one present moment is infinite. And then it's not. So then we grab another one and another one. And so we have that sense of infinity because we truly live in the present moment. And I think that's real important, especially when I was dealing with my mom and other people that have had health challenges. I remember those moments and the sense of empathy and compassion I have because I hope when it's my time, someone else gives me that sense of empathy and compassion, right? Or so we hope, or so we hope. I use my breath to refocus throughout the day. Yeah, and that's good for you, especially after what you've been through in the past year with everything. I mean, your breath must be gold and to be mindful of your breath, you must just like every breath must be so meaningful, you know, to come where you've come from. And, and that's powerful. Right? That's, that's a gift. Cool.
Anything else you want to share, folks? Ah, thank you for sharing the story of your family and your very special moments. Your vulnerability makes what you say so relevant. Well, you know, I, I've spent a life in fear too, and I know what that's like. And it's such a waste of energy. It never lets me get to my better self. So now I just choose to be vulnerable. I mean, because it's simply a better way to live for me. Uh, I know people who would beg to differ, right? They want to wear that suit of armor and never smile and never let anybody close to their heart. But I believe as human beings, that's why we're here. We're here to be together, right? And that's why I hold doors for people. I say, yes, ma'am. And if somebody needs a dollar, I'm the first to give it to them. And I was doing that today, buying stuff for my daughter's birthday, little things. And I bought something for somebody else and I bought something for somebody else. And it just, that's who I am. I like to give. And, and I think that's part of gratitude, right? Cool. Anything else? All right. Well, welcome to everybody, especially the new folks joining us. I'm very grateful for that. And hopefully you'll share this. Remember, um, this one's not on a podcast. Uh, I chose not to do I've done that this whole week on. I haven't recorded anything and it's just, I want to be with people. Sometimes the whole podcast thing annoys me. So I've chosen just to be with you guys. And I hope you don't mind that. We never use names or anything for the new people. So they never see you. They never know your name. They only strip it and take my voice and post it in my podcast. So that's why I don't use people's names or they don't see your faces. They don't see my face because it's a podcast. Cool. All right. Anything else you want to share folks? Well, I hoped it helped you. Um, good. And, and I hope you choose to join us again. Yeah. And, and I know what it's like to take care of people with health challenges. And it is very humbling. It's humbling. And anytime I become annoyed or feel like it was inconvenient, I just stopped for a moment and said, wow, how lucky am I to be able to help this person cross over or to help this person heal and get well or to help this person suffer as long as they need to before they decide to get healthy or leave this earth, right? So it's not really my say whether they wanna stay or go or get healthy or not. Uh, it's really just my purpose to serve as much as I can. And through that, I have a deeper sense of gratitude for my own self and my life. And that can be powerful, but it's a practice. And sometimes I remember those moments. Sometimes it's one breath at a time. Sometimes it's, excuse me, I need to go over there for five minutes and I'm going to strangle you, right? I remember those days. I remember those days. It's like, wow, pretty feisty for someone who's sick their mom. But, you know, that's just the way that goes. And I think the hardest part about that, you might agree, is sometimes they use it and they, they're a victim and they play the victim card. Now, I know people are genuinely sick, but when they use it as a victim card and they climb on the pity pot and then they use you as a whipping person and they take it out on you, that's when sometimes it can be a hard road to hoe, right? And that's when I have to ask myself, am I being a codependent or am I genuinely serving? And my brother who was a drug addict, I had to totally cut off that relationship because I can't help that if you're not gonna help yourself, right? I mean, he wouldn't even go to rehab or anything and he ended up ODing at 26. And so I'm mindful of that too, is when am I helping and when am I hurting? And as long as I don't come from a point of ego and I don't come from a point of selfishness, there's a big difference between self-love and taking care of myself and creating healthy boundaries so that I can continue to serve people and just going belly up and being a codependent and letting you poop all over me, right? And I've done that too. 
and people feel sometimes because they're ill, they can do that to you all day long. I don't know if you experienced that one a little bit, maybe. Yeah. And that's very real too. And it's those moments I have to be more empathetic and remind myself they are sick. I need to remember that, but I need five minutes. So I'm going to go over there for five minutes and have a cup of tea because you'll still be there sick and all feisty and pissed off when I get back. And they will, they will. I mean, it's not going to change. So to take five minutes for yourself to reground. And that's why I think meditation is very valuable because I can step away, sit down for a minute, reground myself and go, okay, round number two, let's go. Right. And then you get back into it. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you, everybody. I hope to see you tomorrow uh, night. Remember, tomorrow night is my last night because then I fly out to Virginia to teach. I'm speaking. I'm really excited. It's my first speaking event in two years. So I'm happy. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. So until we talk again, uh, what are we going to go out there and do? As we always say, live your best life. Hopefully I'll see you tomorrow.